Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I mean, were you, were, were you in it right now? Were we, were, were, we, were, we, were we praising him right now? All right. Were you at least led that direction, man, to, to praise him and to give him honor and to actually sing a song like this to Jesus? Yes or no? Come on. Where you at? Good morning. Amen. Praise the Lord, man. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? I, I, I want to ask you guys some questions, man. I'm like, we're here, right? And we're here to learn. And then a lot of us are in one place, and so many of us are in another place, and some of us are stuck in the middle, and some of us don't have a clue where we're at. All right? So I got a couple of questions. Do you trust Jesus? All right? Are you, are you at least, and if not, man, if you're struggling with trusting Jesus, are you at least uh, willing, all right, to try and trust Jesus? Amen? Come on. Where are you at? All right, then. That's what I'm looking for. Am I, is, 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 is he really that beautiful? I mean, we just sang a crazy song. We just kept talking about how beautiful he is. Is he, is he really that beautiful, as we just said he is? All right, how can we tell? How can I tell? Because you said it's so swell? I don't know, all right? But I want to see Jesus. I, here's what I read. I've been reading it this week, man. Out of Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, has nothing to Maybe it has everything to do with the sermon, but maybe not. <clears throat> he says, therefore, as you have received uh, Christ Jesus... As Lord, then so walk in him. That's what he told me. And I've been wrestling with that all week long, man. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, all right, so walk in him. Therefore, as I have asked Christ to come into this life, all right, and work his way out, you know what I mean? Work his way in, work his way through my life, and, and you know, that, 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 that also I want, to be, I want it to be made visible, that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I want Christ to be in me, and as I walk in the scene, and that I'm all here on the terrain with you all, all right, I want it to be evident that I also am in Christ, not to show off, all right, because that's what the world needs to see, amen? All right. Well, good. So, all right. So, all right. Hey, have a good day. Praise the Lord. All right. See you later. <clears throat> that's where we're going to go. All right. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Would you pray with me? All right, and so Father, we just give you the praise. Lord God, we give you the honor. Lord, uh, and we just ask for your grace, your understanding, the presence and power of your Holy Spirit. As we just continue reading through the scriptures and trying to be more like your son Jesus, that is our aim, to be like Jesus. For your glory, amen. We're in the book of Luke. We've been in the book of Luke. You hear this every weekend now. You'll probably hear for, you know, like I said, man, until Jesus comes back. We're in the book of Luke, man. You know what I mean? We made it to chapter eight, all right? And it's almost the end of summer, and we're working pretty good, all right? We're, we're getting ready to crack open chapter eight, all right? New things are getting ready to take place, all right? And, and one of the reasons, man, that I, that I love preaching through a book of the Bible is that you can't skip stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, we're just not going to talk about that. All right. And we're just going to keep going because it's easier to talk about uh, other things, right? Uh, <clears throat> and, that, and it's crazy because that's exactly where we have landed in these next verses right here. All right. I, I want to, uh, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna read a passage today and it's going to challenge your thought. Uh, it's going to challenge a thought on a certain particular area that has caused constant just debate in the church and, and people going back and forth. And it may not be a problem for you. You may be like, I don't know what the problem is, man. And I'm with you, right? But, 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 but I think it's important, man, that we at least open it up right here and just let's just see what happens, all right? 
<laughs> Anybody want to preach? All right, here we go. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> All right, here we go. All right, we're in Luke chapter 8, and we're starting in verse 1. I'm going to read through these verses, just three verses, and you're going to say, what's going on, man? What's the problem? Watch, check this out. Uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 1, all right? Uh, Jesus is getting ready to move. We just had this amazing story where he, uh, uh, this woman just busted in uh, these uh, religious leaders' house, and, and uh, she just led the way, man, just kind of showed everybody what real worship looked like. Uh, she was a worship leader, and she actually made that happen. She wasn't a worship leader before that, obviously. We see that she was a sinner, a woman of the city, all right? And, uh, and then you know, things turned around, so it's pretty awesome. So anyways, from that point, we have this next area in the story, all right? And it's not maybe basically the day after. He actually talks about how it's like soon afterward. Let's just read the scripture. Verse 1 through 3, chapter 8 of Luke. Soon afterward, he went on through the cities and the villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God, and the 12 were with him. Verse 2, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons have gone out. One is too many already, right, had gone out. And number three, verse three, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, all right, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many other women, many others, who provided for them out of their means. All right? Now, at first glance, we look at that, and we just see this looks like a kind of an informational section of Scripture. Jesus is just getting ready to go on tour, all right? Literally, he's going to go around to a bunch of cities kind of thing, and he's got some, uh, some of his boys with him, right? He's got his boys with him, all right? He's got some gals that are coming along for the ride as well, and they're just kind of making sure that, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're providing, and, and you know, basically the, the more... Uh, uh, correct word is, is actually serving, and I'll share how, that, how we get to that point here in a minute. But we look at it, it might just be like, this is just kind of an informational kind of passage to get us on to what's next. But no, man, we have to pause here for a minute, all right? And so we see something very natural in verse 1. As soon afterwards, he went on through the cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God, and his 12 guys that he picked, all right, were with him. All right, yeah, that sounds pretty darn good, and we could preach on that all day, but I want to get to where this next verse leads us. And also some women. I want to camp on the also some women, all right? I think it's important. All right, Luke specifically mentions that some women followed him. He specifically mentions this in the scripture because it, this, in this day and time, in this context of life right here, in this culture and society, that was highly unusual. It was very unusual, all right, for women to just come along for the ride, all right, when there was a rabbi. All right, the local rabbis that were teachers, basically what they considered Jesus, you know, people don't know the story that we know today. You got to remember that they were just dealing with this stuff in real time. And in real time, what was going on right now, there was, there was Jesus, this rabbi, but there was also this rabbi and this rabbi and this rabbi. And every other rabbi refused, would refuse, all right, to, to pour in and disciple women. You can learn from their teaching, but you had to be over there learning. I didn't want you in front of my face. That's how they were. All right? They refused, and they generally assigned them basically in an inferior place. Even in the synagogue, they'd have to sit on another side of a wall or another side just to, just to, just to get the teaching in many cases. Not all, but many. And here we are. I'm sweating already. 
pray for me. All right. <laughs> I really, really, really want you. I'm, I'm joking, man, but, it, but it's not a joke to me. I really want you to hear what I'm saying today because I've got just a few minutes to make this clear. All right, and I want to I try, to, try to help us understand uh, where we're at, where we've been, and where we're going with this together, men, women alike, okay? So, so go with me here for a minute. It says, also some women who have been with him, Mary called Magdalene, who basically was the first gospel preacher, and I'm going to prove it here in a minute. Joanna, the wife of Shuza, okay, Herod's household manager, and Susanna. Okay, Joanna was basically, I don't know if you know, the, I'm sure you know the story, where Herod was the guy who wanted to have Jesus killed, man. He had him beat down on the night, of, night before his crucifixion, all right, beat down, then turned him over to the Roman government. All right, you guys deal with this, all right? Didn't want anything to do with this Jesus. Well, his household manager was the guy who looked after his finances, and his wife was saying, I need some money. <laughs> so I'm going with this guy on tour, <laughs> and then we're going to use Herod's money to support the tour, all right? So anyways, that was real leadership. Anyway, so that's taking place, all right? And it says, you know, but, but I want to I challenge us in this, man, because we look at this, right, and, you know, and we see this, this word show up provided, who provided for them out of their means, all right? The word that is used here, I don't usually do this a lot, but sometimes it's necessary, is this word provided is dikaiona. Basically, it, 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 it's a derivative of the work word dikaiona. It's basically meaning deacon, all right? Basically, one of the lead servants in the church, And you're looking at this, and some of you are going like, okay, so what? I want to challenge you to think right here. Jesus is setting a new standard, all right, in the world at that, day, at that time, all right, that will be challenged by his followers for the next 2,000 years, all the way up until today. You see, up until that point in history, most of the world, and definitely the Jewish culture, had been very, and in most cases, extremely male-dominant society. A Jewish leader would often give thanks, all right, visit vocally and publicly give thanks, say, Lord, I am glad that you have made me a man. I am glad that you did not make me, uh, 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 you didn't make me a, a, a pagan. I'm glad that I am not unlearned, and I am glad that I'm not a woman. They would pray that publicly in front of the women and the children and the little girls. Women were considered second-class citizens, in many cases considered property. They didn't have any voting rights. When there was a legal matter between a man and a woman, uh, most cases the woman would not get to say anything about it. We see an instance for that in that when, when the woman who is caught in adultery is brung out and thrown in front of them and say, who's gonna stone her? So many times we preach and we say, well, where's the guy? All right, now he's covered. It's not his fault. It's how we roll in this community. It's how we roll in this culture. That's exactly how it went. And in the, in the midst of this, all right, Jesus, all right, elevates women. And we see it throughout the gospel of Jew, Luke. We see it throughout the gospels, actually, and especially in the book of Acts. And so we, but, but yet, what's crazy is what Jesus elevates in the church, the church over the years, consists, can, can, what he lifts up, it seems like the church many times constantly tries to bring down. And I see that often. I don't see it often I mean, as much here, um, but I've heard the perceptions sometimes, and I think it needs to be addressed. So there's these polarizing questions that come up. 
Can women lead in the church? Are they supposed to? I've even heard questions like, you know, when, they, when women will read the scriptures, they're like, is, is God, like, is he, does he favor men over women? Is that, what, is that what's happening here? And then when they see that, I heard a question this week. Is, it, is the Bible really safe for women? And aren't there verses in the Bible that says that women should not even speak in church at all? Cool. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> Wait a second, you guys, right? I mean, we could go all over the place with, with, with what church does what and how this church promotes this church. And I don't know that we're going to get to heaven and God's going to say, wait a second, hold on. Did you let women lead in the church? Oh, sorry, you can't get in. All right. Or, or did you not let women lead in the church? Sorry, can't get in. I don't know that's going to be the issue. But there is an issue. And we can go all over the place because this church does one thing and this church does another thing. And I was in this church and they said this and I was in this church and they said this. And you know what? I'm not going to go with that. I don't, I can, I, I'm, I'm not, that's not my filter. All right? I've often said and I've often practiced when it comes to having to choose a side and trying to figure things out, I'm going to go with Jesus' side. All right? I want to go with Jesus' side. Now, let me just tell you this. If Christ's side isn't your first side, then your filter for a side has big holes in it. Think about that. If Christ's side on an issue or a particular thing, all right, isn't your first choice for a side, then your, then, <laughs> then your filter for a side has big holes in it. If your side is higher than Christ's side, then you're already on the wrong side. And it's not hard to find Jesus' side when it comes to women leading. I mean, if God was a discriminator of, of, of the female gender or, the, or, you know, or favoritism of the male gender, all right, uh, why, would we, why, why would the first messenger of the gospel from heaven come and talk to a woman first? He came and talked to Mary first. Come on, stay with me, man. You know, each, everybody's got their own filter how they're going to hear this right now. Just calm down, all right, and let the spirit lead because I can prove it. The scriptures start off with, okay, uh, the, the first messenger actually comes and talks to a man in, 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 in a temple, Zacharias. He says, okay, man, your son's going to actually lead the way for what's going to take place, all right, over here, all right? And, uh, and, and the man, and I'm not, you know what, I cannot, one thing I cannot stand, let me just tell you this real quick. I don't think it's, it's, it's a proper way of, 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 the proper way of lifting up women is to devalue men. I don't think that at all. I think that's stupid. I see so many sitcoms, right? In, in every sitcom, you see this really, really strong, really forward-thinking woman and this idiot of a man who is like, whatever. I just think that's just foolish, man. You don't have to drop one down to raise the other one. I think you just raise them both up the way Jesus did to the foot of the cross. Amen? And so... He comes and says, all right, uh, this is going to happen. Your son's going to lead the way. And Zach's like, wait, 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 wait. And the angel says, no, man, as a matter of fact, you're not going to talk for a while. Uh, all right. And then, and actually, he doesn't talk for a while. We talked about that at the beginning of the series. He goes to Mary, and he says, look, and here's what's happening, man. And her response was, you know what? I'm in. Let's go. Knowing what's going to take place, her response was, I'm in. Let's go. Jesus comes across the sea, comes on the scene. Do you know that the first person in the Gospels that he reveals himself to as the Messiah was a woman? John chapter 4. The woman at the well. 
right? He comes up to her, having a conversation with her, reveals himself as the Messiah, and she goes to tell and preach it to her town. I can prove it, all right? And the boys come back and say, what are you doing talking to a woman, all right? And even a Samaritan woman, Jesus didn't have no time for that. She goes back, tells the town, and in the same chapter, John chapter four, it says that these, this whole town came to Christ, all right, believed in him because of the word of her testimony. Because she preached it. She shared it. Jesus sees this woman, we just went through this, who just lost her son, knowing that the culture, how the culture is, she is going to be devastated. Her life is going to be trashed because she's a widow. She has no husband to support her. And now her son doesn't, isn't, isn't alive to support her. And he wanted to lift her up. What did he do? He gave her back her son. Guess what, dude? He spoke on the other side, to the other side of death. Hey, Holmes, you need to get back up here and take care of your mom. Boom, got, got busy. So he did The message that this woman preached, that Justin preached last week, the message that she preached, just interactions of falling before the feet of Christ and worship, led a whole house. I'll talk to you a little bit more about that in a minute. And then the, the first person, people, actually, a couple of these women, were the first people that Jesus revealed himself to after resurrection. Joanna was there. Mary Magdalene was there. She was the first one to preach of the risen Christ. Did you know that? She, he said, go back and tell the boys. Go back and tell the boys that I'm alive. She was the first one that got to say, he's risen. <laughs> right? <laughs> She's the first one. See, the, the greatest truth on which the gospel hangs is the resurrection. If Christ is not raised, then our whole faith is in vain. Why then did he give the most important message to a woman first and then instruct her to go tell the men? Why did he do that? Why didn't he wait? He could have rolled in on Peter. and Why didn't he do that? Why? I don't really know exactly why. I'm just trying to learn what we're not supposed to do with that. You see, God himself reminds us that, that, there, that there's no one superior to the other. In fact, that we're all created to work side by side in our witness for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to prove it. I'm just going to let you know, I would not be here today if not for the leadership of women in my life, the leadership of my grandmothers who led me to Jesus. I know I came to know Jesus because a woman was, was consistent in telling me a message. Jesus loves you, boy, she would tell me. Jesus loves you, boy. And that message still sticks, sticks with me today. My grandmother showed me Jesus. My mother showed me unconditional love and tough love that you can only find in Christ. My wife, my man, I'll tell you what, man, I wouldn't be half the leader that I am today if not for her leadership in my life. All right? She showed me the strength to lead. Amen? Praise the Lord. She showed me the strength to lead. Even if nobody's following, I watched this woman lead and she showed me the strength to do it. My oldest daughter, Crystal, taught me per, per, perseverance in adversity. This is my young, my, my young little princess I watched grow up and just she, I just learned, how, she just persevered and persevered through adversity and I watched it and I learned by watching my daughter Crystal. My baby girl, Angel, 
I watch that kid and she continually teaches me how to have joy in the midst of craziness. I had to continually pursue joy. Man, come on, man. Every one of us here can point to a woman that has led us in this faith. And how dare you tell them, hey, well, I don't know if you were supposed to do that. <laughs> come on, man. We're gonna open that up. I watched just, Justin preach one of my favorite stories in the scripture last week. It's actually one of my, it is one of my the favorite stories next to the resurrection in the scriptures. Where that woman busts in the house, just comes into this Pharisee's house where Jesus was invited among these spiritual leaders to have lunch or dinner or whatever. And she busts in and just starts to just cry at Jesus' feet. And her tears, she washes his feet. You know the story. Took her hair down, unheard of, and dries him and kisses his feet. And the Pharisee looks at Jesus like, you know what? You know, the, the, the scripture pointed that she was a woman of the city. She was, you know, a sinner. Put it together, man. You know what I mean? It doesn't quite say. She, actually, she was a prostitute, but, I, but it's a pretty darn good guess. And I love how Justin said, you know, she didn't care what her coworkers thought, you know, last week about this. Did you hear when he said that? It cracked me up. Because he was like, man, she didn't care what anybody thought. She was going to follow Jesus. She didn't care what her coworkers thought. I was like, <laughs> coworkers. Yeah, right on. Anyways, there she is, man, at the feet of Jesus, just, just kissing him and, 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 and worshiping him. And this guy, this, 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 this Pharisee's like, man, this guy doesn't even see this woman. We're the only ones. And Jesus turns to him and says this huge line. I think this is so important for every of us to, to follow what Christ is saying right here. Look, he says, then turning to the woman, he says, Simon, do you see this woman? Can you even see her, man? Are you too filled up with all your stuff? May, you know, your, your mixture of scripture and, and critical thought and cultural thought and you know what, my thought, that you can't even see this woman and how she's leading right now. And he, he tells, he says, look, at, you didn't do any of this stuff. This woman is leading the way in worship right now. You would do well to follow her. Can you even accept the leadership of this lady? If, if, if we know, that ringtone always just trips me out. It's just like, you're just, I just, I just picture you, you're like, I, I just picture, like, all of a sudden I would turn into a cartoon walking around with that ringtone. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just one of those ringtones. But anyways, if, if we know, okay, here's, here's the way, okay, ready? It's going to get crazy. Oh, I'm going to preach them back here now, all right? <laughs> all right, just, if, no, no, not because of the ringtone, brother. No, I'm talking about where this is going. Because if, 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 if this was Jesus' view on women, if this is how he promoted and modeled this, then why is there a problem? Why is there sometimes debate? And that's a really good question. And in many churches, it's still a question and up for debate. Well, two areas of scripture are usually what's brought up. There's more, but mainly two areas. I'm just going to read these out, and you're going to see what's happening. 
1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 34. I'm not going to read the whole context. I'm going to share a little bit of both these. The other one is 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14, verse 13. The woman should keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission. As the law also says, there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husband at home, for it is shameful for a woman to even speak in church. And this is kind of crazy because just a couple of chapters earlier, Paul is kind of sharing, like when a woman is going to prophesy, which is sharing the message of the word. Prophecy is getting a message from God and sharing that message to God's people. That's basically what prophecy is. And many times, and today especially, the message is in the word of God. It's taking the word of God that God has given, it's like what we're doing today, and, 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 and sharing it with the people of God. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 5, he's talking about when a woman prophesies, man, have your head covered, pray. There are some traditional things that were involved that are no longer, you know, basically a tradition so much. But, but the key point was, you know what? I mean, this is, this is, this is where we're going to go. But wait a second. Then he goes on and he says, it's shameful for a woman to even speak in the church. And in 1 first, first, first Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, I do not permit a, a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain silent. Paul says that. And yet in Acts chapter, um, oh, in the book of Acts, uh, 15, 16, 17, Acts chapter, all right, anyways, um, <laughs> there's a couple named, uh, uh, called by Priscilla and Aquila, and it's funny that the wife is always mentioned before the husband. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, uh, it's not authority, or she has authority. It's not saying any of that, but I just thought it was interesting. Uh, Luke wrote Luke it, and Luke wrote uh, Acts, and so it's probably interesting why he would use that. But there was a well-known preacher named Apollos who was just knocking it out of the park everywhere I went. Even Paul says, you know, hey, man, this guy's a great speaker. All right, he's a well-known speaker, and he's going around preaching and talking, man, and, and Priscilla and Aquila were in listening to some of his teachings, and, they, and after he teaches, because he only knew uh, to a certain degree uh, the baptism of John, and, I, and so he was, you know, or, uh, anyways, he only knew it to a certain degree, and it wasn't complete. So these two, this couple, this husband and this wife, pulled him aside to teach him the complete way, and he submitted and this husband and wife were actually friends of Paul. They used to hang out with him. And they learned from Paul. And they took what they learned from Paul and they taught Apollos. All right. So wait a second, man. What's taking place here? Why, why are these thrown in? I love what Megan says. She goes, you got to remember, you know, it is the inspired word of God. Definitely. This is the inspired word of God. I believe that without a doubt, all right, that God had his reasons for putting these things together. All right, but, she, she, but Megan says, that, you know what, that, that we are reading somebody else's mail because this letter to the Corinthians was to a Corinthian church where some stuff was happening that was being addressed in this letter, and we are learning from this stuff. Some, one thing that was happening was a, 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 some, some son was sleeping with his dad's wife, all right? And he's like, I'm, I know, you probably should leave on this part. Um, yeah, <laughs> anyways, uh, you know, so he's saying, this is not cool, all right? Not, don't do that, you know, you know and, and we're like, yeah. But, but they needed to be told. And we have the account of that letter. And he says, he actually shows how to deal with that guy. All right? And then when you, know, when you study these, 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 these scriptures and you're trying to look for the harmony, which is so important, 
We find scriptures, all right, that say one thing, and yet a whole Bible that shows something different. And you know what? And, then the, and what do we do? We just study these. And we're like, nope, here it is. Now, man, stop trying to control God's word and allow God's word to breathe life into you. Now, some have studied, and we don't know exactly what was taking place in the Corinthian church or in Timothy's church for that matter, but the thought is that, that women had new, this newfound freedom in Christ and were interrupting in services and causing craziness and asking, well, how come, you know, and how come, and this and that, and he's basically telling them, look, it, have them go home, have them ask their husband, all right, what, well, you know, why he said this, what was being meant there. There's a lot more to the story here that we don't have. I can't tell you how many times Debbie waited for me to get home to tell me what I shouldn't have said. <laughs> All right? <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. And I can't tell me how many times I said, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I will tell you this, that as he's talking to Timothy, he is talking about order in the church. And I will tell you this, man, and I'm not afraid to tell you this, that God has created a first among equals. We're equal at the foot of the cross, correct? In my household, I am a husband. My wife is the wife. She leads, I lead, all right? But I am the lead servant of my home. I am the lead servant. I am called to lead my home and lead it well. And I can't do it without her leadership beside me. But I do have, she's not here right now, right? I do have the final say in my house. I do. <laughs> I'm, I, I, wanna, I don't want to make light of this. I want to tell, I want to, I wanna, let, let me get to there. God has placed a first among equals in the church. All right? When I look at myself, God placed me as lead pastor in this church. Right? And he did it for a reason, right? because he, 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 he wanted to mold me into being that lead servant of this church. You see, Jesus himself said, the Son of Man did not come uh, to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He's the lead servant in the church. Jesus Christ is. And then he passes that lead servant over to his under-shepherds, his lead servants, which he is called, as you can see, in the order of the church to be a man. Not without the leadership of women, though. Now, it is a lead servant. It is a Christ-like servant. Too many times we take that org chart and we just try to match organizations out here in the community. I'm the top dog, all right? You know, and that's not it. If we can understand this, if we can understand, does this mean a woman cannot lead and cannot teach and cannot, you know, uh, and, and, no, it doesn't mean that at all. I mean, Megan just led us extremely well, all right? Abriana just led us extremely well as she sang that song. And she didn't just sing it to lead herself. She said it, sang it to lead us. Don't you remember at the grand opening of the church, at the very grand opening of the church, men and women were prophesying. They were teaching. There was a church gathered. This is the first church. They were gathered. They were preaching. They were teaching. They were prophesying. All right, men and women. 
Everybody came and said, what's going on here? Peter says, this is to fulfill what the prophet Joel said, that I will pour my spirit out on both male and female, both male servants and female servants alike. How, I just don't want to shut up what God is, who God is calling to speak and to lead and to teach. But I do know he has placed an order in his church. And I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you open up these scriptures, all right, and find that out. These are important scriptures. See, the apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, but you are a chosen race. And he's not just talking about the male race. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, people for his own possessions, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You once were not a people, all right, but now you are God's people. You once had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, he says, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, will wage against the war of your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Time to switch gears. The question is not can women lead? All right? You know, are women called to to lead? They already are called to lead. They already are leading. All right? The question is not should men allow women to lead? Try and stop them. All right? You know what I mean? It's just, well, you're going to be contending with God because he has called so many women to lead. The better question, all right, here's the, can I give you a better question? Can I give you a way better question to ask? Are you, man, woman, alike, a leader worth following? Are you whew, a leader worth following? I mean, if you're asking, why would, why would Jesus allow these women to follow him and lead alongside him, all right? Why would Paul, all right, say to the Corinthian church or to the Philippian church, you know, fighting side by side for the, for the you know, why, why would Peter, uh, you know, talk the way he talks about a royal priesthood of all believers and to speak at the grand dinner of the church the way he did? Why would Apollos allow Priscilla actually to teach him a way better, all right? Because they were leaders worth following, the men and women of faith and good character, faith in Christ and his word. You see, God says in Psalms 138, verse two, I had lifted above all things my name and my word. Not my men, all right, not my women. I have lifted up above all things my name, the name of God Almighty and the word of God Almighty. And if you wanna lead, then, 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 then you know what? Get right there with him. Lift up his name, lift up his word for his glory, Amen. You know, the, the, a man or woman worth following is, is a man or woman of a faith in Christ and his word and, a, and of character, of good character that it takes to solidify that faith. Do you want to know if you have the character to lead? I want to challenge you with these final three things right here. Because the question isn't no longer, can women lead in the church? Read your Bible. The question isn't no longer should men allow women to lead in the church. Man, read your Bible. The question is, are you 
with your filter for learning, your filter for critical thought, your filter for your upstanding, your filter because your personality says this or that. You know what I mean? Are you a leader worth following? Are you a leader worth listening to? Are you a leader who should be leading? Put these things, things. I want to tell you a little bit quickly about character. This is just, we're going to wrap this up because just how do you put that to the test, man? All right, put these things, three things, these three things. Number one, what character is, what character needs, and what character is about. Put these on your mirror and then look in the mirror and say, is this me? Number one, character is moral excellence and firmness. A man or woman worth following be a man, of good, a man or woman of good character who has this moral excellence worth following. It's, it's living with integrity from our, condition, from our convictions that are, that are found and established in the word of God. Basically, well, you know, if anyone is in Christ, all right, you know, that, that, that if, as you have received Christ in you, so walk in Christ. Number one character is moral excellence and firmness. You're being, you're, 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 you're set to do what's right even when it's hard, regardless of the cost. That's the leader worth following. What character needs, number two, is to know what's right before the struggle to do it occurs. It's men and women of the word of God. We're grounded in the witness and, you know, and witnessed in Christ. You know the non-negotiable, all right? You, you're just knowing the non-negotiable, all right? That is common ground for good character. Why you believe is, 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 is not good enough. I mean, what, I'm sorry. What you believe is, is not good enough. You must know why you believe it. See, so number one, look at yourself. Are you a leader worth following? Are we switched gears here? All right? We could spend all day talking about this, but we don't really need to because Jesus settled the score. But I want to challenge you. Are you a leader worth following? All right, you have the, 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 the character, all right, the moral excellence and firmness. Do you know what's right before the struggle to do what's right occurs? You see, I, have this, I wrote this line. I didn't want to forget it. Leaders worth following acknowledge an absolute standard of right and wrong, one that exists independent of their emotions, their experiences, or their desires. You don't have to fight to understand whether you should do what you should do because you already know what you should do because it's who you are. So number one, moral char a character is, is moral excellence and firmness. Number two, character needs to know what's right before the struggle to do it occurs. And number three, character is about the will. Not willpower, but willingness because it requires willingness to make tough decisions, sometimes contrary to emotions, intuitions, and even common sense. It's desiring good character is not enough. Character must be acted upon, man. You, you, I love asking the question, okay, now you know, you got the easy part done. You know what you need to do. The question is, what are you going to do about it? When are you going to get it done? How are you going to do it? Amen? And so our question today, I love where the scriptures bring us because it doesn't allow us to skip things and it challenges us to go deeper. The question is not whether or not you should lead or whether or not you should allow someone to lead. We've all been called to lead, every one of us. The question is, are you a leader worth following? 
Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, Paul wrote this letter to a church in Philippi that actually started in a woman's house. He said, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Only let your manner of life, man or woman, be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come to see you or are absent, I hear that every one of you, man, woman alike, all right, are standing firm in one spirit, in one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Can you do that? Can we do that? I'm in. So here's what I want you to do. Get a whole list for you. Ready? Be a leader worth following and lead. Here's your list. Praise the Lord. Amen. A lot of you are going to need prayer after that sermon. We're going to have some people up here to pray with you. And uh, it's funny, we're making a joke because, like, we often say, if you need prayer, come on up here and we'll pray with you. And I know everybody in the building needs prayer, right? So if I don't see you up here praying, quit fooling yourself. No, just kidding. Um, (laughs) If you need somebody to help you pray, we'll be right here to do that. Give us that honor to do that with you. Amen? Stay with us. We're not done.